It's Complicated by Janine Collette. Anyone who says love isn't complicated is a dirty liar. Ask me how I know. I used to be a normal wife and mother with a perfectly happy life. Now I'm a divorced single mom who spent a night in jail after breaking into the hair salon my ex's mistress owns. What can I say? Not my proudest moment. The only bright spot in that fiasco was the police officer who offered me a sexy, broad shoulder to cry on. William Bronson was a knight in shining armor, a romance novel hero in the flesh. Then I showed up for work the next day and realized I'd be in charge of planning his fairy tale wedding to someone else. And that was just the start of my troubles. Romantically and legally? Don't ask. Now I need to learn how to navigate my new reality and start building my own happily ever after. I have no idea if it will all end in love or heartache. All I know for sure is that it'll be complicated. That's Love, It's Complicated by Janine Collette. Grab it now. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. We have a, it was a new audiobook from Alexa Riley this yeah. week. It's uh, it's not necessarily a new book. It's an older book, but super it's St. Patrick's Day themed. Yeah. Which is super cute. It's Charmed. It's, the name of the book is called Charmed mm-hmm. by Alexa Riley. And that's us. If this is your first time listening, um, Alexa Riley is an author duo. It's I'm Leah. And I'm Mel. That's Mel. Leah and Mel. We make up Alexa Riley. So you're going to listen to our book. Sit down. I don't know why I just really super <laughs> after we ramble on. <laughs> yeah, after we ramble for a little bit, you're gonna listen to it. Um, we are going to do this in one part this week. So there's not gonna be a Tuesday, Thursday situation. I guess we're just gonna play this on Tuesday. Yeah, I think so. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're just gonna play it on we're Tuesday. We're gonna, gonna see play how you thing. guys do with just having one where you can listen to the whole audiobook at once. So the in the past, you know, if you've been with us from the very beginning, you know, we used to have this in five parts, which was just crazy, ludicrous. If <laughs> we were uploading five episodes a week and then we brought it back to two. So we would do half the book on Tuesday, half on Thursday. And originally that was so we would have a chance to do like on on air advertising and and, you know, play longer books and that kind of thing. But as we've come into it, we've been able to sort of fine tune our process a little bit, I think. Yeah. Um, our The books we do aren't as long anymore because we have a, little, a tighter turnaround with the narrators. Um, so we can't do super long books like we have in the past that are like, you know, six and seven hours. Yeah. So, you know, we can't do full length ones. So we just do short novellas. And there's really no need to split a book where you get 30 minutes, you know, or, you know, whatever on Tuesday and then the other 30 minutes on Thursday, you could listen to a whole episode, Yeah, you know, in an afternoon. So I think we're going to try switching to one day a week. Maybe we're going to test it out. Because we're also having the problems that we told you guys last week that the episodes are dropping off and now we're loading them over onto Patreon. So you could actually go to the Patreon and listen to like right now, as you're probably listening to this, there's probably mm-hmm. like 30 audiobooks at least loaded on there that you can just go on there and it's not even going to have us talking. 
You can just mm-hmm. go through and hit play and it's going to start the audiobook and go. Mm-hmm. You'll see all the covers and everything and you can just listen to it like you would like you were an audible. Yeah. So um, if you again, if you've been listening for a while or if you've just joined us um, and you were like you're a purist and you want to go back to the beginning and listen, if you scroll back down, uh, podcast streaming apps will only allow 300 episodes. Every podcast streaming app, you can't go beyond that. It's just all that they will hold. So, and we've recorded so many episodes and because we've broken the books down into two parts, it's created multiple episodes for one book. So instead of, you know, trying to go back and re-record episodes, like Mel said, the first couple of seasons, you can't listen to them anywhere else. And we get people all the time that ask us about going back and they're like, well, where's this book or this author? You know, we had one the other day with Alessandra Torre told someone to go listen to her book on the podcast. Well, it's one of the original in the first seasons we did. So you can't play it anywhere. So now Mel has loaded them up to the Patreon page so that all of the old audiobooks are on there. So you don't have to worry about them falling off anymore. We've got a place for them and you can go click and listen anytime you want. So. And I'm loading like free books on there and stuff. Yeah, she added like free ebooks, ebooks. randomly. Yeah. I'm going to put on there that you can click and download and stuff. I'm just mm-hmm. adding random shit whenever I have, I see something. I'm like, oh, okay, here. Mm-hmm. And you know, with the, you know, not having to do the two uh, episodes each week, we don't have to worry about, you know, trying to fill ad space and stuff like that because most of the time, you know, I know that on air ads can be sort of annoying when they like cut into something or, or break something up. So, you know, we try to limit those as much as we can. And it's like, you know, let's let, we really have streamlined this process in a lot of ways over the past five years. So we've gotten, we've gotten to know kind of how this works and we've come to realize like what you guys like best. So as we can, you know, as we see numbers, as we see engagement, we're able to sort of fine tune this to kind of lean into those things. we're really lucky that we don't really have to answer to anybody, but our listeners. Yeah. So, you know, it's you guys sort of show us what you want by the numbers of listens, the number of likes, number of comments, you know, that sort of thing. And we kind of curtail the podcast to that. So, you know, when you complain or when you celebrate, we listen. So mm-hmm. we're trying to at least do that so that you continue to listen and you love the podcast because we like doing it too. Yep. So great. <laughs> I'll make sure the Patreon link is below. You guys can go on there, show some support or whatever, see what's going on. Look yeah. around. Yeah, we'd love for you to check it out, see what's on there. You can listen to old episodes. And like Mel mentioned, um, there's the parts with us talking and stuff, those are cut out. Um, just so that it's just the audiobook. So you can go and listen to that. So Start if you finish. miss yeah, if you miss conversations and stuff in the beginning, you know, don't worry about it. We're just bullshitting anyways. Yeah. <laughs> We're just it's like current shit. event shit generally. Yeah. And I was thinking about it like, you know, most of the stuff that we talked about in the beginning, it's probably just irrelevant now mm-hmm. because like this is pre-pandemic when we started this. We were yeah. different people back then. So, you know, yeah, it's it's usually current events, stuff that's going on. There's a lot of Britney Spears talk that probably needs to be cut out, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll save that. But um, there's a couple things I want to mention, too. Uh, since it's Alexa Riley week, right? Fuck it. Um, I wanted to ask what paperbacks we have that are coming. Um, 
I did want to mention, I know we talked about the um, Captured Love, the kidnapping bundle that we have. I should have paperbacks in any day now. So if you ordered from us, they are coming very soon. We had a small and, hiccup with them. So it's oh, taking yeah. a bit longer. The covers were off-centered and it was like, it was driving me crazy. <laughs> so we had to like reformat and then reload. But um, so you can go check those out. And then we should have new paperbacks that should be up soon. I think the troping one, the troping through the snow was one. Yeah. Um, shit, that was another one. I can't even remember now. Um, I can't. I'd have to go back. I didn't know you were going to ask me. I have to go back and look. I know. I I'm like sorry. I'm working on so many because I know I put you on the spine issues with our books. Then we're going back and forth. Mm -hmm. I'm emailing with Nook and then the cover people. I'm reloading, unloading, <laughs> resaving, unsaving. Mm -hmm. So we have the book boxes are coming for the podcast. Those are coming very soon. Um, we had the proofs for the paperbacks were sent and they were a little bit off. And so uh, Mel reordered them again and they were again, were a little bit off. And so um, that's what we're kind of going back and forth about because we have to order like 500 of these because we're, you know, we're, we're doing so many boxes and there's two books in every box. Yeah. So it's like, there's going to be hundreds of these books. So we don't want to order hundreds with them being off so that's why we've kind of been really meticulous about making sure they're right before we order so many but um on those um so those are our paperbacks and you can check the website and stuff for those when we um when we upload new alexarelli paperbacks the other thing is um we had a recent release um which i think should be out by now the match book it's yeah perfect i match. it today or yeah last night or whatever so yeah it's live now yeah, okay, good. So Perfect Match is live. You can go get that. That's the second book in the Double Trouble duet. It's just two books. So you can check those out. And then um, we should have some taboo books up soon as well. Um, and Charmed will be back up. Well, that ebook, I'll put it up for like 99 cents or whatever. If you want to yeah, okay. It if you never got it. Because I took okay. it down for a while. It hasn't been for sale for, I don't know how long, for a bit. I was going to say it was probably in the fall because that's when you sent me the audiobook. So at least like October, November. Yeah. It's, yes. It may be longer than that. I don't remember. But um, so, yeah. So you can get the ebook to the audiobook you're listening to. If you want to just like have the ebook, go check it out. So that'll be up on the website as well. So the other night, I don't know. Like I was going to go to bed. It was like 10 o'clock. And I was like, I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to get a good night's sleep. And it didn't happen. So I laid down and for some reason I was, I like pulled up Instagram and I don't know how I got on it. And, but I got on some kind of reel and I can't even remember the name of the account that I was on, but it was basically like all these feel good videos and they were like, like proposals mm -hmm. or like people had been separated for a long time and like met up again. So it's like, you know, one of them was like a woman who gave a daughter up for adoption and like 25 years later they met up and it like, I don't know what kind of like emotional cutting I was doing, but I was laying in bed just sobbing. Oh my God. Like, one video after the other. I just kept watching and all of them were just so fucking emotional, especially ones with like the dads and stuff, like talking about how much they love their kids and, you know, cause it's always like, it's different, you know, when you see men get emotional or that yeah. are, that are, you know, brave enough to show their emotions 
And so I was just watching all these videos, laying in bed and sobbing. It's like one in the morning and Kevin comes to bed. He's he started like, at 10 and it was like, one. And then he's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Do you ever have that where you're like, I, maybe I just need a good cry. Maybe that's what yeah. I'll, maybe I, I slept so fucking good that night. <laughs> like, it, a good it cry. Does, does I, it, was like, it was so good. It was like such an emotional release. It was amazing. <laughs> so, so yeah, I did that. I, I need to look up and see what it was on Instagram. But one of the videos that I saw, um, I rem- like I, I watched a couple times. It was just so freaking sweet. Um, this guy's in the car with the dad. It's like his girlfriend's dad. And so he puts the video, the camera on the dashboard. And he was like, you know, I just want to record this to show her later. He was like, but you know how much I love you guys. And you're like family to me. And the dad's like, he's like, of course we love you. He's like, you're like family already. He said, you're like a son to me. It was so sweet. And the guy's like, he said, I just want to ask you for permission to like, to love your daughter forever. And the dad was like, like, yeah, yeah. And he like hugs him. It's so sweet. And he's like, he's like, welcome to the family. I love you so much. It was just, oh my God, it was so good. And I was like, I really wish that there was a video somewhere of my husband when he went and talked to my dad, because I love it. Cause you know, he told me later, he was like, I didn't ask for your dad's permission to marry you. He was like, you're a grown woman. Like you pay your own bills. You know, you can make your decision yeah. if you want to get married or not. But he said, he was like, I told your dad, I was like, I know that you like to know things before everybody else. And so I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it was so cute because it was like, it was exactly what my dad would have wanted. Yeah. Because my dad wouldn't want somebody to come ask permission to marry me. Like he yeah. doesn't own me, but my dad loves to know shit. Nobody else knows. <laughs> like That's his favorite thing in the world. You know, he just wants to know stuff that nobody else does. He wants to gossip, you know? He, my dad's the same way. And he won't admit it though. <laughs> I'm like, you're the gossip queen. <laughs> I love it. That's my so mom don't know nothing. Me. She no, nothing. she didn't see nothing. She didn't see nothing. She's not going to say nothing. She never heard of it. Melissa. Don't know her. Mm-hmm. Never mm-hmm. heard of her. <laughs> but like, I really wish there was some kind of video of just my dad listening to this. Cause I bet he was just so excited. Like mm-hmm, now I know what's going on. <laughs> I know before everybody else. <laughs> it was funny. so cute though. Um, do you, are you, do you ever watch the Oscars? Do you ever watch them? the move mm-hmm. like the Oscars or whatever the Academy Awards. Um, so I think it's, I think it's this coming weekend. I think it is. Yeah. I think it's this weekend, this Sunday, but, um, you know, usually I'll watch if there's a couple of movies that I'm interested in or whatever. And this year there's several that I've watched that I'm super excited about to see if they win. Oh. And so one of the one I watched, Kevin and I watched it the other night. Um, we watched it this past weekend. It was called, it's called The Whale and it has Brendan Fraser in it. Have I know what you're it? talking about. Okay. So I had no idea about anything about Brendan Fraser. Oh, yeah. I've known about his backstory. I'm getting blacklisted and stuff because he was sexually assaulted. Yes. That's what I was like. I remember hearing about it when, um, you know, the the actor Terry Crews, he's like the big black guy, bald, like super muscly. He was in White Chicks. 
I don't know if you. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay. So he was also sexually assaulted. And so he said during the Me Too movement, he was saying that it like made him brave enough to come and talk about it, like to come out and say he was um, like sexually assaulted by a producer or a, it was no, his was a um, an agent in Hollywood. And he was like, I didn't say anything because I knew that's what would happen. What happened to Brandon Frazier would happen to me where he was yeah. like, I'd never work again. And I was like, holy shit. Like I had no idea. And so um, that's when I like went down the rabbit hole of Brendan Fraser and like what happened with him. And then I saw like he, you know, boycotted the Golden Globes because it was like one of the main people that so his like did it. Up, I would be so happy if he fucking won. Like right? that would be like just poetic justice. Finally, yeah, finally. So he got nominated. He's nominated for Best Actor for the movie The Whale. And so we watched it, and there are parts in it that were a little slow where I was like okay like what's gonna happen next kind of moments but when i tell you his performance blew me away it was yeah. incredible and it's like in the preview there's a moment where he turns to the camera and he's sobbing and he's like i just have to know that i did one thing right and it's like that moment broke my heart for him because you could see like he put his heart and soul into that performance. But it's about a man who was married to a woman and they had a baby together. And then he fell in love. He was a teacher, a professor at a college, and he fell in love with one of his students who was a boy, like a man. And he said that nothing happened until after he said the student was older because this later in the story. Um, I guess this is, I don't feel like this is a spoiler because it doesn't pertain to the story, but if you don't want to know anything, just fast forward a little bit. But um, he said that he's talking to his wife, his ex-wife at one point, and he's like, he was older. He wasn't a young student. Like he, it was a night class. Mm -hmm. And um, he said nothing happened until the class was finished yeah. and they started to see each other and they fell in love. And so he left his wife and his daughter and he went to be with this person. And this is a little bit of a spoiler. Um, the person dies. And so you kind of find it out in the beginning. But when his partner dies, he turns to food and it's the only thing that comforts him. Yeah. And so he is morbidly obese. He's like chair bound. And that's what this is about. It's the movie is about him being stuck in this apartment and he's dying because he's eating himself to death mm -hmm. and he's like in heart failure. And so um, it's about like the people that, you know, come and see him in this place. And so the movie is all shot in this like one room. And yeah. it's like, I think maybe that's why it felt a little slow in places because there's not a lot of a things lot of that movement. happen. Yeah, there's not a lot of movement. It's all in one place. But it also is really vulnerable because it forces you to look at him and his yeah. situation. And that's something that I think, were you there in real life, you wouldn't want to look at it. You'd want to look away because it would disgust you, you know, like it would because of the way he lives. It's just, it's so sad. Uh I don't know. Maybe it's because I've watched 600 pound life. Mm -hmm. I have such compassion for people that are morbidly obese. Yes. They have gone. Yeah. There's not anybody that's morbidly obese that hasn't gone through trauma. A hundred percent. They have an addiction that they have that it they can't just quit it. 
you have to eat to live. Yeah, you have to eat. And that's that, awful. Everybody fucking sees it. Mm-hmm. There's no hiding so it. You yeah, you don't get to hide it. It sucks. It's probably mm-hmm. the worst addiction, in my opinion. Yeah, because it it's not like nobody has the drink. Like you can cut that out. Nobody has to do heroin, but yeah, you have to eat. That's so fucking dangerous, and it's such an emotional slippery slope, you know. And I gotta tell you something. Oh, it's I was, hard to watch. It's so weird that you said this because I was talking to somebody about it the other day. I was like, I've never seen. I could swear on my life, almost not one episode of Six Hundred Pound Life where the person didn't say they weren't sexually assaulted. Really? Oh my god! And usually in childhood. Oh, that's so sad. It's like, you know, I've heard that before where it's like the more they eat, they feel like they put on layers of protection mm-hmm. so that they won't be touched again. Yeah. Like nobody's going to be attracted to me. Yeah. Either. Yeah. And I think that's the part, you know, in, in the whale when, you know, he says that about like, you're disgusted when you look at me, you know, like, like that kind of thing. But again, it's like, in a way, yes, but also, like you say, there's just so much compassion that goes along with it where it's like, no, you're in this situation because of trauma, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, but it ends, it, it's just, I won't say how it ends or anything like that, but it, it's just such a great movie. It was so good. It really like hit home, you know, in a lot of ways when I was watching it, there was a lot about it that resonated with me, even though I've never been in, you know, a situation with losing a partner or, you know, being morbidly obese, there is a huge aspect of the emotional connection to food that came into play that I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. I felt that, you know, man, it, but I, I definitely recommend it. Is I, we bought it at, rented off Amazon. Oh, okay. So yeah, you can get it on there. And then, um, there's another movie we watched and it's called the Banshee of I don't even know how to say it. It's uh, it's like international, I don't know how to say it, but it's an island. It's a made up island off the coast of Ireland. There is an island there, but it's not the right name because I actually text Eagle and I was like, can you tell me how to say this? And she was like, it's a made up name. Go for it. Say whatever the fuck (laughs) you want. I was like, okay. (laughs) It's like, all right. So yeah. So, um, but that one's really funny because it has Colin Farrell in it. And um, I haven't him. seen him in a while. I know. And do you remember the movie he did? It's called In Bruges. It's like a long time ago. It was like in the early 2000s. He made it with another guy. And I can't remember the guy's name, but he's in this movie with him again. But what it is, it's like in the 1920s. It's on this little island. And it's like one day in the very beginning of the movie, he goes to the pub to see his best friend like he does every day to drink a pint. And his best friend's like, I don't want to be friends anymore. Like just out of fucking nowhere. It is a dark comedy. It's so fucking twisted. Like it is weird and funny and so cool. And like, I loved it. It was awesome. So that's another one that's up for an Oscar that I was like, okay, I got to watch this one. And then I um, watch fancy stuff. I watched like, the Chris Rock special. <laughs> I want to watch that. I heard it, it was really hilarious. good. Hilarious. I heard it was really good. Oh, it is really. Is really it on Netflix? Good. He manages. I don't know how he ends up pulling it. I think because he talks about his daughters for a minute. Yeah. So he's able to poke fun at mm-hmm. everything that's going on with woke moments and all this stuff, while yeah. at the same time, he is kind of woke, even though it's not. He's poking. 
it's just an interesting the way he pulled it off and mm-hmm. swung it all around. I was like, that was phenomenal. I died. I don't think I've laughed that hard in a while. I was like, I had to stop at one point and I text somebody. I was like, I have to tell you what he said. Just this one part. I'm dying. <laughs> He's I cannot always believe been... he said that. And I cannot believe I never thought that before. He's a really great like speaker though, right? Like just yeah, in general, done, like his his comedy is funny, but I just it, like in general, he's really well spoken. Yeah, when I got done, I was like, you know what? Comedians are like some of the smartest fucking people. I swear, or that's what he made me think when I was done watching it. Yeah, I was like, God, comedians are so smart. The things that they can link together, and I'm just like, damn. We well, you know, and that's like, um, you know, we had talked about, um. Uh, what was it? The Last of Us, the mm-hmm. show, you know, the the game we that we talked about that they have a show on HBO now. And the finale um, should be like this week. Yeah, this yeah, this week's the finale. Yeah. So yeah. Um so that one though, um, in one of the episodes they cast Nick Offerman, who does like comedy roles and stuff. He's a character actor, but he mostly does he's a comedian basically, or like he does comedy shows. Yeah. One of the directors of The Last of Us said that he loves casting dramatic roles to comedians. He was like, they're quick. They're like quick witted. He was like, they are always so in tune with the delivery of a line. Because in comedy, it is all an inflection. Like how you say something is what makes the joke. And so that's what he was talking about is like why comedic actors are so great at drama. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I never thought about that before. I never thought about that either. But yeah, Yeah. they're just, they think differently. It's interesting. I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's an episode in um, the, it's the show on Netflix, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Have you seen that? I think I've seen a few episodes. I've definitely seen the Obama one where they, mm-hmm. where they would, yes. Secret Service wouldn't let Obama go. Yeah. They, get in the <laughs> yeah. they could like sit there. But they yeah, they could sit anywhere. and get coffee. They weren't going anywhere in the car. Not Secret, Secret Service, Service. like, you guys aren't going anywhere. No, y'all can sit down. Thanks. <laughs> but um, they had a Chris, there's a Chris Rock episode. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that and thinking, he is so eloquent in how he speaks. Mm-hmm. Like, just, he's funny, but he's also very smart. And you can tell, like, he he thinks about what he says and so um you know it, we covered it just i don't even know if we we may have not discussed it on the podcast the incident with will smith because when it happened i don't feel like that was my business to be in it and i didn't really want to discuss it because i felt like that was like the whole dynamic between will and jada and in chris rock i feel like that was just that as a white person, especially, it's not really my place to discuss what happened and why it happened and, and anything else that went on with it. But, um, you know, all of that aside, I, I think like he is, so he does seem purposeful in what he says. So I can't imagine that he wasn't very intentional in this new stand up. That, that Chris Rock wasn't very intentional in what he said in it. Yo, he did. You could slowly see where he was looping at points. Like, I mm-hmm. was like, we are looping. And then he'd pull it back and he's like, mm-hmm. uh-uh. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because, I, I can definitely yeah, he's like see talking that. about like, victim. He's like, mm-hmm. everybody's a fucking victim. <laughs> did, um, uh, was it on Netflix? Is that where you watched yeah, it? Yeah, it's on Netflix. 
It's okay, really good. It was like, and it's longer too. Cause I kept mm-hmm. thinking, oh, it's almost over. And I'd look down the time. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> That's how good it was. I was like folding laundry and I stopped and stuff. And then That's how you know it's good. Yeah. That was good. But I've also been waiting for, for like, I had it on my calendar. I forgot. It like popped up an alert. Damn, and you were ready. Message me too about the flight. About what flight? Did you ever follow that? No. What are you talking about? The flight. You don't remember back in 2014 when a Beijing flight went missing? Oh, you were telling me about that. Okay. Yeah. You were saying the documentary is ready for it. So yes. the documentary dropped today. Did you watch well, it yet? Well, dropped like last night. I got to watch like the first episode before I fell asleep. It was three episodes. Okay. I It's interesting. I'm curious what other people think because mm-hmm. I've had before I watched it, you know, I always thought that America knew what happened. Mm-hmm. But we didn't tell them what happened because we didn't want to give our intel. Like, I thought that the the plane hit the water and it did. It was clearly, sadly, everybody would be dead. Yeah. And America wasn't will, willing to give up the, like, what, how good our satellites are, how well we know things. Uh-huh. But, I mean, some of it's the conspiracy theories they throw in there and all this stuff. But after watching it, I have a hard time believing it was the pilot. Really? After seeing it and them talking about him, I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. Psychologically, it doesn't even make... That's a six-hour suicide. Yeah. So the the flight just disappeared. They still never found it? Okay. And, you know, pieces have floated up here and there, mm-hmm. they've said. But actually, on some of the pieces that floated up, they were like, there is a mount that goes here. He's like, the only way you could take it off is if you dismantled the plane and took it off and then put it back off. <laughs> that is some conspiracy theories, though. <laughs> Which they were, I was like, they're like, all the pieces that have come up, they're mm-hmm. like, we can't say specifically that they if actually came it. from that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because Russia has planted um debris before oh my god they have actually done that that's a known thing Mm -hmm. and they've shot down on a malaysian flight like four or six months later same kind of plane style and everything hit the ukraine border if somebody would like to come on here and talk to melissa about this conspiracy theory feel free i have no idea how to contribute to this i I agree with you (laughs) because we don't know what it is Mm -hmm. 200 and something people went missing and they were declared dead by math by math. I mean, they said it happened and lost. Maybe this is it. <laughs> this is our We don't lost. know if there was that guy was a mass murderer. Yeah. That it was an act of war. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything. It's or, just gone. Well, I think well, America You knows. don't know yet. You got two more episodes. No, I watched them today. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. I finished, but there was a few new theories I had never So there's no resolution? Okay, I'm not going to watch it now. I need, I need answers theories. to to watch I'm something not like usually that. on the conspiracy theory train, but one woman had me thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about um, times earlier. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis like posted a video on Instagram earlier today and was saying that um, that like uh, like rock stars and stuff they needed to do matinee concerts instead of doing them late at night, so she would go to them. <laughs> 
She was like, if Bruce Springsteen would like do a, a do a noon show, I'd rock out for like six hours. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good idea. I was like, why isn't that a thing? She was like, she was like, Broadway shows do matinees all the time. Why can't we have a rock concert in the afternoon? Rob and I are like early birds when we do date nights. Yeah. We go like five o'clock. Yep. I think that's wonderful. That's so nice because you get to come back home and lay around Mm -hmm. and your jammies and that's a perfect date night. Yep. I love that. Oh my gosh. There was something else I was going to ask you about and shit and I can't remember what it is. This is the problem with doing one episode is that usually when we like do our break, I remember what it was. I'm like, oh, yeah, I wanted to oh, ask yeah, you. I was going to ask you because I asked my husband the other day. I go, hey, have you heard about the Tom scandal? That was the one you texted me about. Okay. Yeah, and he was that like. Was it, that was what I was going to ask you. I had and to, he okay, goes. All right. I'm glad you said that. No. Yeah. And I go, okay. Because I just, I'm curious how things, how far things travel. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he comes and he sits in my office and I'm sitting here. I'm like, do, do, do. And he's, mm-hmm. I can tell he's listening to TikTok so I can hear it. Mm-hmm. And then the song for the show comes on and I like snap my head that way. And I was like, what's that? He's like, I don't know. It's a joke. I don't understand it. I was like, that's the Tom thing. <laughs> okay. So does it have something to do with Bravo? Yeah. So I actually. Okay. I did see somebody post something and they were like, there's some kind of. Uh, they were like, I haven't watched Bravo since blah, 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 punch somebody. I'm going to give it to you because so, everybody's like, I'm so confused. I don't watch the show, but I, okay. the show's been on for like 10 years. So okay. somebody said a way to break it down to make people understand in a few sentences. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's it. Okay. okay ready? Mm-hmm. Here's a reference that of those that are like, what's going on with this Tom shit? Okay. Imagine friends. Let's imagine show friends. Okay. okay. If Chandler cheated on Monica with okay, Rachel hold on, hold on. secretly for seven months. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't stop, stop. Okay, hold on. Chandler cheated on Monica. Okay, all right, I got him. Okay, got sorry. Married. I had to I had to remember who they were. Okay. So Chandler cheated on Monica okay. with Rachel. Okay. For seven months. Okay. And Joey knew all along. <gasps> Oh, God. In fact, Joey, because they can't play it in this scenario, mm-hmm. it got found out that, I guess, the Rachel mm-hmm. was making out with Tom. And there's two Toms on the show. So the other Tom pretended it was him. <gasps> oh, so my it was like Joey pretended. Yeah. So and Joey is Tom? came out. Wait, and so- Bravo made everybody stop. They were like, stop talking to each other. And production ran out. Hold and on, And they are filming fucking everything. Okay, hold on. So Tom is Joey in this situation? There's two Toms. That's why it gets confusing. Okay, so it's two Joeys, basically. So you're telling me there's two Joeys? Or a no, ja- I'm two Chandlers? That, I mean, I'm saying that... I'm just saying that if they... Chandler and Joey had the same name and it got oh, whispered okay. out that so, uh, the whisper out came out. There was like the Tom and Raquel made out okay. and people were like, I guess they were like, fuck. And the other okay. Tom was like, we'll say it's me. Why did he say, say it's me? Cause his name's fucking Tom. Nobody knew what Tom she made out with that. Chacal- um, whatever that's called. Chacalo, Chacalo. What's that music festival? Coachella. Chacalo? I okay. don't know. Yeah. 
Coachella. So he said, it got whispered Link, that she was hooking up with Tom and this whole time. And they even fake kiss on the show. Okay. On the reality show. So that everybody thinks that the, that she was with that Tom and reality. Mm-hmm. No, she was with the Tom that had a girlfriend that's been together for like 10 years. Oh shit. Okay. All right. So in the friend scenario, sorry, I'm just trying to make this work. So in the friend scenario, there's two Chandlers. Mm-hmm. And the other they just Chandler, have the same name. Okay, but the other Chandler that was single said, just say it's me. And yep. not the Chandler that's married to her best friend, Monica. <gasps> yep. Scandalous. Okay, I got it now. I'm with you. All right. They go so, so far as to even fake a kiss on the show, on the reality show. Oh, my God. So how did they find all this out? So. <sighs> You want me to keep saying it in the friends' terms? Yes. Keep the friends terms. Yeah, keep it so, in the friends' terms. So um, I know who you're talking about. Monica is recording mm-hmm. or checking something, recording um, Chandler doing a show because he's in a band. Okay. And something pops across the screen. She's recording on his phone. Mm-hmm. And she clicks it. Mm-hmm. And it's a dirty picture video from Rachel. <gasps> oh, my God. And then she takes it and she texts it to Rachel. And was mm-hmm. like, I fucking know. And it just so happens to be she texted um, Phoebe, who was with Rachel at the time. <gasps> and Phoebe gets the message. She's on Watch What Happens Live. Watch What Happens Live is just over. Like, they're leaving the production, Andy, from that show. Oh, they shit. They do it every night. Yeah. Uh, they both get the message, like, at the same fucking time, and they're standing mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And uh, Phoebe... Punches Rachel right in the face. <gasps> no! This is so good! This, this is, is why everybody's talking drama. about it. This is it's a, and that's why drama. production was like, stop talking to each other. Stop breaking up with each other. You can't break up till we get there. And the season's not over. So they are screaming. Because they can't do a reunion now. Why? Because... They have wrapped up filming and they can't go to a reunion where like the couple that's been together this for 10 years Mm -hmm. isn't together anymore. And they they cheated with another cast member. So they rushed out production and they're recording everything. Oh my God. Everything. They're making them meet up and. What? Oh my God. Cause they're trying to get this on film now, but this has been happening for years. It's been happening for seven months. Oh, okay. Wow. Damn, I can see why this is big now. Okay, that makes sense. That's why everybody's talking about it. And I was like, nobody is happier right now than Haley Bieber. She should send <laughs> Tom's and Raquel a fucking thank you basket. Because all the attention just went off of her and mm-hmm. onto the Tom's and Raquel. <laughs> I did see something where Selena Gomez said to be nice to Haley Bieber. And I was like, oh, Melissa was telling me about that. <laughs> see, now it's actually good it, yeah. control. Justin yeah. um, has canceled some of his tours. I just read about that briefly oh. or something. He's having... He'd done that before. He'd already oh, canceled okay. and stuff. Okay. And he showed up for a performance the other night. And people started chanting that they hate Howling. Haley? Yeah, yeah. They were chanting it when oh he was on God, stage. that's so mean. I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's fucked a different. Up. That's fucked up, guys. Yeah, that's his wife. That's so sad. I was like, okay, we're getting too far. <laughs> too far. Pull it back, guys. Toms have handled it. <laughs> 
<laughs> they've cleared the stage. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Charmed. We've we've chit chatted enough for one episode this week. The book you're about to listen to is called Charmed by Alexa Riley. That's us. Um, so I don't know what our giveaway is this week, but we'll think of something. Make sure you enter. Um, we can do paperbacks or whatever. Yeah. People like paperbacks or gift cards. We'll do something fun. Make sure you enter that. And then, um, check out our free books that we have. I think we have 10 or 12 free right now that you can get either ebooks. I think we have 12 audiobooks that are free for the podcast right now too. And you can go check those on our website or go up on the Patreon and check all the free stuff on there too. And then um, be on the lookout for a new set of taboo books. They are filthy. filthy. Like I'm embarrassed. We're not even going to talk about it. We're going to get banned from YouTube. I seriously can't. I cannot say what takes place. In one of them, the last one you read, like the last one I read, I knew like I couldn't finish it. Like when I, because I skimmed over a part of it because I wanted to do a cover mm-hmm. going, but mm-hmm. I was like, I was away, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not reading this. Why I'm like not a home or a place where I can be alone, mm-hmm. have some alone time. Yeah, so I was like, thank God. <laughs> it is like. Like if, when I die, I hope those books die with me. Because <laughs> I don't want anyone to ever find them again. <laughs> I don't want the taboo books to be our legacy, although I will read them forever. Those those would yeah. be the books I would reread. I don't reread any of our other books, but I would read those. <laughs> you know what we didn't talk about? What? I don't even know if it's not big of a deal. Everybody's talking about that audio person, the audio author. The audio, the audio author, the audio audio narrator. That's a woman. Mm-hmm. She uh, got on TikTok and poked fun at romance, even though no. she's a romance narrator. She's a romance narrator, and she poked fun of romance. I mean, some people got really mad about it, and some. I was just kind of like, I don't know, guys. It's. I mean, I know it's sensitive because we're always sensitive about people poking at romance, but at the yeah. same time, I'm like. It's a TikTok joke. Yeah. I don't you know. I didn't see it. Now I have to go see it. I'm going to have to look it up now. Now I'll, I'll see know. if I can find it. Okay. But you can send it. Yeah, to I was me. just kind of like, eh, whatever. I don't know. But I, I'll tell you this. I will say this. If I seen her name pop up, I wouldn't select it. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like mean spirited? Yeah. Well, she's just kind of okay. poking fun at it. It's the words that she's tired of hearing. Oh, okay. So one okay. she said, and I was like, uh, no. She said a hole when she's oh, doing. No. I was like, I, love uh, that. I like literally wrote out three paragraphs because I think Celia sent it to me. And I was like, this is something Leah would say. And I was like, and I like did a Absolutely. paragraph the way you would write it and call it her hole. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how fucking hot was that? Mm-hmm, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. That shit is hot. I love it when that, like, yes. In the right context, it's very primal and barbaric, and it's in his head. He doesn't say, I'm going to fuck your hole to her. Oh, my God. I saw a Mia Crawford Crawford book, like, teaser the other day where it was on Instagram. It popped up as a picture, and it said, ass in the air, knees apart. I want both my holes open. And I was like, what book is that? I like I like stopped scrolling when I read it. I was like, well, that got my attention. 
Yeah. Honestly, that that did the job. So. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so All right, we should send out Ben. Yeah, the, we're gonna play the whole thing. So we're gonna see you on the other side. All right, see you guys then. This is Charmed by Alexa Riley, read for you by Kit Swan and Jack Taywood. Chapter one. Charlie. Will you paint me a clover on my cheek? I glance up at the little girl who is standing over me. I'm sitting on the sidewalk next to the building, out of people's way. Her curly red hair is up in two little pigtails, making her look utterly adorable. Where's your mommy? I ask her, glancing around the busy street, worried she slipped free of her mom. The sidewalk is filled with people as the parade marches down the center of the street. Children are always coming up to me. I've never been sure why, but they do. Not that I'm complaining. I love children. I spend most of my day surrounded by them at the center. Maybe I'm drawn to them because of my own lack of a family. The little girl looks around as if finally remembering her mom. There she is. She points to the red-haired woman, who is pushing through the crowd toward us, calling for the girl. The girl claps excitedly. Evie, don't scare mommy like that by taking off. The woman bends down and pulls the little girl into a hug, relief clear on her face. I'm sorry, mommy. She gives her mom a small pout. I have to fight a smile because I know the little girl is going to get what she wants. The woman looks over at me. You're doing face painting? She looks around me. I have paint set out, but not because I was planning to face paint. I was painting the shade building, something I've done many times over the past year since construction began on it. Its design always caught my attention, and I began painting it in each stage of its construction. The whole thing was made of glass, but what's special about it is the way it looks like it's twisting on its way up. It's not just straight up and down. It's elegant, but still different. When I first saw it, I felt like the building called to me for some reason. I'd never had such a hard pull to paint something before, one that hit me over and over again and drew me back to it. I dig through my bag looking for the small face painting kit I have. I often paint children's faces at the community center. When I find it, I pull it out. It's your lucky day. I tell the little girl. She jumps up and down. I paint her little chubby cheek the best I can with her giggling every time the brush strokes her cheek. When I'm done, she gives me a hug. Her mom hands me a $5 bill, and I slip it into my back pocket. It's not as if I'm in a place to refuse money, even if I would have loved to have done it for free. I need every dime I can get my hands on. I've been saving up to get a place, but I have a weakness for two things. The bakery next to the community center and art supplies. Not to mention I'm always giving some to the kids at the center who need a little extra cash. Hopefully I can stay at the center for a while. At least until I get caught. I watch the girl and her mom slip back into the crowd. 
A few more kids come up to me asking for face paintings. It isn't long before I've made an extra 50 bucks cash. I glance over at the painting I still need to finish. A trace of sadness washes over me. After this, I'll be done. The building is complete. Suddenly, paint splashes everywhere. I fall back on my ass as some hits my black leggings and splatters on my shirt. Not that it matters. My clothes always have spots of paint on them. It's nothing new. What the fuck? Someone barks out. Two firm hands grab me, pulling me up to my feet and into a hard chest that is spotted in green paint. My eyes travel up and up, meeting two of the deepest blue eyes I've ever seen. My breath catches, not because of the color, but of the hard intensity staring back down at me. The man's jaw is hard. Everything about him is hard. I wiggle against him, trying to break free of his hold. I gasp when I feel a different kind of hardness come up against me. Liquid heat floods through me, and my sudden attraction to him is strong. Be still, he grits out. My face warms at the realization I was just wiggling against some stranger's cock. Hell, I've never wiggled on any man's cock, if I'm honest. His hands on me tighten a little more. You ruined my suit. He cocks his head to the side as if studying me. For some reason, I wonder what he sees. Then I remember I'm covered in paint as well. I can even feel it in my hair. I inwardly cringe. This man's suit has got to be worth an easy grand. I'd never be able to pay something like that back. Maybe he should have been watching where he was going, I tell myself, trying to make myself feel better because I do feel a little guilty. I think I made it look better, I joke, hoping to lighten the mood and dispel that hard look from his face. I glance to the side to see a man just as big as the one holding me, and he smirks. Eyes, the stranger barks, making me jerk my eyes back to him. He looks even more pissed now. His nostrils flare, and I swear he looks like a caged beast just waiting for someone to open the locked door. Sorry, I smile, trying to lighten the mood once again, but it does nothing. Mr. Shade? The man next to him tries to grab his attention, but Mr. Shade's eyes never leave me. It's almost like he can see inside me. Shit, I mumble. Shade, as in the building I'm painting. Great. Now I think the suit probably cost more. My shitty luck. Of course I have to ruin the suit of likely the richest man in the city, probably the state. You're coming with me. He pulls me even closer to him. His hard cock digs into me. I lick my lips, drawing his attention there. Then I move my hands to flatten on his bulky chest. God, he smells good, like whiskey with a hint of oak. I narrow my eyes at him, trying to give him as hard of a look as he's giving me. One that says, I'm not going anywhere, I don't care who you are. It doesn't work. I'm not going anywhere with you. Let me go, you big brute. I struggle in his tight hold, but can't break free. 
This only makes him cock a half smile as if entertained by me trying to break free. Who do you think you are? I ask stupidly. I'm pissed that he thinks he has the right to just grab me and take me with him. Though a small voice in my head tells me to go with him. A tiny part of me likes being pressed against him. Someone you owe a suit. Keep dreaming, I throw back at him tartly, as if he doesn't already have a hold on me. I don't even want to know what this ugly suit cost. I did you a favor, I lie. The suit looks good on him. Too good. Even the fabric under my fingertips feels nice to the touch. I start stroking the suit absently, forgetting for a moment I'm pissed. Oh, and I'm pretty sure I'm turned on, too. He sucks in a deep breath, and I stop petting him. Embarrassment rushes over me at what I was doing. Jesus, get it together. How about you work off the cost of the suit? My mouth falls open at his innuendo. Great. Of course I have to be turned on and petting an arrogant jerk who's apparently into paying to get his cock jerked. I lift my foot and bring it down hard on his foot. Then I push at his chest as hard as I can, taking him by surprise. We both stumble. He lets me go and I trip over my own feet, falling on my ass next to my backpack. It knocks the breath out of me. I glance up to see the man only stumble back a foot or two, then gather himself to come back for me. I grab the paint can I have out, lifting it and throwing it right at him. Green paint splatters everywhere. Shock forms on his face, and I grab my bag, hop to my feet, then take off running through the crowd as fast I can. I'm petite, so I can easily cut through the mass of people. I should be able to lose him. When I glance over my shoulder, I see how wrong I am. I forgot how freaking tall he was. He can easily spot me as he towers over everyone else. His eyes are on me as he pushes through the crowd, commanding people to move out of his way. I stumble onto the street and into the parade, tripping over something. A cop yells at me to get out of the street. I look back and see Shade is getting closer, a look of determination on his face. Charlie! I turn to see my best friend Frederick standing on top of a float. I smile. Looks like my luck just changed. Chapter Two Warren. Don't touch her. I yell at Andrew, my security. He's been my right-hand man since I left the Marines five years ago, after my father died, and I was called home to take over the family business. I'm not sure if he's following her or me. Either way, I don't want anyone's hands on her. Her smart mouth is all mine. My cock already hard from having her little body pressed against mine as she tried to wiggle free grows even harder at the thought of having to chase her. It's almost barbaric, making my blood pump as if in battle. It's like if I catch her, I can take her to the ground and claim her as mine. I push through the crowd, getting closer to her. She turns, her eyes lock and she stumbles into the street. I see a cop yell at her and take a step in her direction. If he touches her, I swear to fuck, 
I'll have his badge along with some of his skin. Her head whips around in the other direction as someone calls out. Her blonde hair swirls around her, green splatters of paint shining in it. I follow her gaze as she runs toward the man who called out to her. Jealousy takes over all my emotions. I push harder, trying to get to her. When I break free onto the street, the man is holding his hand out to her, pulling her up onto the float. Music is blasting from the float as the parade moves on at a slow pace. He twirls her around to the music before dipping her, then plants a kiss on her lips. My vision goes red as I storm toward the float. A cop grabs my arm, trying to stop me, and yells at me to get out of the street. I turn and look him dead in the eyes. He raises his hands in surrender and croaks. Sorry, Mr. Shade. Didn't know it was you. I turn back to see my girl staring at me with wide eyes. The man lets her go, and she turns, jumping off the other side of the float and disappearing into the crowd on the other side of the street. Fuck, I grit out. I lost her. Sir, the cop asked me. He clearly wants to help and is probably scared I might get him in trouble. I point to the man who kissed my girl on the float. Him. Get his information. I expect it within the hour. The cop nods. I turn back to see Andrew standing there with his arms over his chest looking at me like I lost my mind. Maybe I have, but I don't really give a flying fuck at the moment. Don't, I warn him knowing he's going to say something that might just piss me off more. I'm already on edge as it is. We push back through the crowd. I'd completely forgotten it was St. Patrick's Day. I glance down at my suit. I'm covered in green paint. Her small handprints mark the front of my suit jacket. I shake my head as I think about how she threw the paint on me. How that could turn me on, I have no freaking clue. But there was something about her. I was about to let loose a string of curses when I first tripped over her crap, paint splattering everywhere. Then I looked down, and the greenest eyes I'd ever seen looked up at me, through thick eyelashes. Before I knew what I was doing, I was lifting her up and pulling her to me wanting her closer to see if she was even real. I don't like to be touched, or people to be in my space. But with her, that wasn't there. She looked like a little glass doll that I needed to protect. I want to chase her, but I don't think I'd find her. The man on the float called out her name. Charlie. He has to know her. Either way, I'll find her. Even if I have to call in some favors and have video surveillance pulled, whatever it takes, I'll find her, or I'll rip this city apart until I do. I bend down and pick up the big notepad she left behind. I make a mental note to have my assistant get the rest of this cleaned up. I need a shower, I tell Andrew as he opens my car door. I'm canceling my meeting. I slide into the car pull out my phone, and send a text to my assistant about the change of plans. Andrew hops into the driver's seat. 
You're really not going to your meeting? Our eyes lock for a moment in the rearview mirror. I know what he's thinking. I never miss a meeting. I never miss anything when it comes to work. It's how I've been since I came back home after my father's death. He'd left the company a mess. It was drowning, and it had taken a few years to not only pull it back, but make sure no one knew what he'd done, especially my mother. I don't want her to know the wreckage he caused and left behind, nor do I want her to know I have a feeling it's why my father had a heart attack. Too much pressure. I never understood the drive to keep making more and more money. If I could have, I would have walked away from all of it after my father died, but the company wasn't in a place to be sold. Not to mention if I just outright shut it down, thousands would be without a job. I needed to clean up the mess. The mess was now cleaned, but still here I was working day and night. I'd even gone with the plans my father had for this building. I have other things that need to be taken care of. More important. I pick up the notepad Charlie left behind, running my hand over the binding of it before flipping it open. I pause when I see the shade building. It was what she was painting. I flip through the pages and see she's painted it many times. Each picture is as perfect as the last. Jesus, she's talented. Important like a tiny, light-haired hellion? I hear the teasing note in Andrew's voice, but I ignore it. Something like that, I mutter. She is tiny. Worry for her starts to creep up my spine. Maybe I should have tried to push through the crowd to find her, though I'm pretty sure it was a lost cause. I don't like the idea of her running around the city by herself. She's small and precious. The glare she shot me before she launched her paint at me has me questioning the precious part, though. No, she is precious. She just has some fire to her, which has my cock's full attention. No one in my life has ever dared treat me the way she did especially after knowing who I was. I'm easily three times bigger than her. She stomped on my foot and shoved me, catching me off guard. I was more pissed that she fell. She could have hurt herself. Maybe she did. My worry only grows that she might do something like that again to someone who doesn't have the same intentions with her as I do. I pause for a moment. What? are my intentions. Make her mine, repeats through my mind over and over again. Your phone, Andrew says, pulling me from my worried thoughts about Charlie. I hadn't even heard it ring. I see my assistant's number flash across the screen. I ignore the call. Not going to answer that? Andrew asks. The phone rings again. I clear it. Then shoot him a text to stop calling unless it's about the email I'm waiting for about the man on the float. You sure you're all right? Andrew asks. No, I answer him honestly. I don't know what the fuck is going on with me. All these strange feelings pumping through my body are like nothing I've ever felt before. 
and I'm pretty sure the feelings won't calm until I have Charlie pressed against my body again. I don't think that will be easy. I smile. There is nothing I love more than a challenge, particularly when it's something I need. Chapter 3 Charlie I stand under the water, watching the paint swirl down the drain as it's washed off my skin. My heart still feels like it's pounding. I close my eyes, but all I see are shades, dark blue eyes. I'm still shocked that he chased me to begin with. I'm sure the man has a hundred suits and losing one won't dent his wardrobe. I can't believe I threw my paint all over him. In my defense, he was being a jerk, manhandling me as if he had every right to. Not to mention what he said about me working off the cost of his suit. That still made my blood boil. But at the same time, it turned me on. I flip the water off and grab a towel. In my time on the streets, hopping from shelter to shelter, I never used my body to get something. I'd stolen a few times, but only out of desperation and hunger. I'm in the employee's bathroom at the community center. I half scream when I see Mr. Barker, the owner, standing before me. I stand there for a moment in shock before making sure my towel is covering everything. His eyes roam over me. This man has always given me the creeps, but he doesn't pay half bad, and I put up with him because I love it here. Not to mention my best friend works here, and I also sneak sleep here at nights. His eyes rake over my body like I'm naked. I don't know why he's in here. This is the women's employee bathroom. Mr. Barker? I question. He licks his lips, and it takes everything in me to not take a step back. We need to talk. He steps toward me. The smell of his cheap cologne fills the room. His jet black hair, which I'm sure has dyed because he's pushing his late 50s, is slicked back. The shirt he has on has a stain from, I'm guessing, his lunch. He locks his hands around the straps of his suspenders. Can we talk after I get dressed? I know, he continues, ignoring what I said. My heart pounds as I wonder what he's talking about. Does he mean he knows about me staying here? Or maybe he heard I threw paint on someone. I'm sorry, it was just a couple of nights. I lie. It's been a couple of months. Please don't fire me. I love this job. It would be hard for me to find another one. I only have a high school diploma. I don't think I'll be able to get another job doing what I love. I got to teach painting classes here to the kids. He gives me a creepy smile and closes more of the distance between us. He reaches out, running his finger down my cheek. All the hair on my body stands up in fear, and I'm paralyzed. This man is my boss. I can't push him or stomp on his foot. He'd call the cops and I'd be the one in jail. No one would believe the homeless girl over him. You can sleep here all you like. A chill runs down my spine. I'll keep an eye on you. 
he leans down, his mouth moving closer to mine. I jump back, my hands in a death grip on my towel. That creepy smile he has only gets bigger. Sleep tight tonight, Charlie. He winks at me before turning to leave. I rush over to my bag and get dressed as fast as I can before putting all my stuff away. I pause when I realize I don't have my painting notebook. Tears sting my eyes, but I dash them away and slip from the bathroom. I rush toward the basement door, but pause when I get to it. My cut and stuff are all down there. I'm scared to go down. What if he traps me down there? No one will hear me scream. Want to tell me about the hottie chasing you down at the parade? I turn at Frederick's voice. He stands there with his hands on his hips, his perfect eyebrows raised, waiting for me to answer. No? Spill. He grabs me, locking our arms together as he walks back down the hallway. I know we're headed for the gym. It's likely full of kids playing. I glance back at the basement door, debating if I should tell Frederick about what happened. But I decide not to. He has a lot going on himself with his grandmother. Want to spill about that kiss? I elbow him. It wasn't a kiss kiss, just a peck on the lips, really. Wanted to see if the man chasing you would get jelly. He wiggles his eyebrows, but doesn't continue. I peek back over at him. Did he? I ask. Crap, I want to snatch my words back knowing I just gave myself up. Oh, so now who wants information? He teases me. I elbow him again. He fakes that it hurts. I roll my eyes. Just tell me, I huff out. Super jealous. I bite the inside of my cheek to keep from smiling. All right, I gave up the information, now you give us some. When we make it to the gym, we both sit down on the benches. A group of kids are playing basketball. They wave at us. I drop my backpack down onto the ground before telling him the whole story. So I'm not sure why he'd be jealous. He likely wants to throw me in jail or something. You threw paint on Warren Shade? Shock is written all over Frederick's face. I bite my lip and nod. He bursts into laughter. Hush, I smack his arm. It doesn't matter, not like he'll find me anyway. Oh, he'll find you, Frederick finally says when he gets his laughter under control. I shake my head. He has no idea who I am. A man like Warren Shade? can find anything he wants to find. I drop my head into my hands in despair, knowing he's likely right. But at the moment, Warren's shade is the least of my worries. I don't even know where I'm going to sleep tonight. There's no way I'm ever sleeping in that basement again. Don't worry, I don't think he's looking to throw you in jail. I glance over at Frederick, who is still smiling. I think he might throw you up against a wall and have his way with you, though. My face warms. You're crazy. I'm sure a man like Warren Shade has his pick of women. He doesn't need to go chasing after one. We'll see, Frederick says, before he stands and exits the gym.
Chapter 4 Warren I run my hands through my hair as I hit the refresh again on my emails. I hear a chuckle and look up to see Andrew stretch out in the chair in front of my desk. I give him a hard look that does nothing. He's finding my distress amusing. Probably because I'm always calm and collected, even if the world is falling down around me. Fuck this, I mutter, going for my cell phone. I check everywhere but can't find it. Andrew only laughs harder before tossing my phone onto my desk. I hadn't even realized it was missing until now. You left it in the car, he tells me through a laugh. I stare at him, shocked for a moment that I did that. I run my hand down my face. I met this girl not even an hour ago, and she has me all over the place. For my own sanity, I need to find her now. My phone rings in my hand. I look down to see it's the mayor. I should have known this is why I haven't gotten an email yet. An email would have been fine, I say when I answer the phone. I try to keep the snap from my voice. Sean still has the information I need, but I also have the money that he himself needs. Warren, I figured the information was very important if you commanded one of my officers to do something. I don't have a problem being an asshole to the mayor because, well, the man himself is an asshole a lot of the time. But I do feel a trace of guilt for making the cop uneasy. I make a mental note to make sure he's taken care of for going out of his way for me. Sean, I say in a warning tone. All right, all right. He rattles off the man's information and also tells me he had an officer run by the man's place. When he didn't see the car he has registered to him, he tried his work next and he was there. Frederick Page. Thanks. I clip, already reaching for my coat. Let's do drinks next. I hit the end call button on the screen, cutting him off before pocketing my phone. I write down the name of the man who kissed my girl Charlie today and hand it to Andrew. I want everything on him, I tell him before heading toward the door. Andrew jumps up and chases after me. Let me take you. It will be faster. When I open the front door, I see it's starting to snow. Besides, it's not the best neighborhood at night, he adds. I can handle myself, but I don't know how things are going to go down when I find Charlie. I'm driving, I tell him. Andrew smiles before tossing me the keys. Start pulling up everything you can find on this Frederick. I want to know how he knows Charlie and how close they are. I grip the steering wheel hard after I slide into the car, thinking about his mouth on her. I floor it when I hit the highway. Andrew lets out a string of curses, but I ignore him. When we finally reach the center, I jump out, leaving the keys in the ignition. Andrew looks askance at my attempt at parking, but I ignore him. I push through the door and spot Frederick right away. He's standing alone at the front desk. I glance back over my shoulder to see Andrew has gotten out of the car and is leaning up against it casually outside shaking his head at me. Frederick looks up. He looks to be in his early twenties, 
like the boy next door with his dirty blonde hair and light blue eyes. He smiles at me like he doesn't have a care in the world. He looks more like the type my girl should be with. Probably nice, and doesn't have a driving need to own her. I wonder how this is going to go down. The girl, I throw out as I come up to the counter he's behind and place my hands flat on it. This only makes me smile bigger. I can tell he knows who I am. Don't make me ask again. You're lucky I don't come over the counter for you kissing her already. He laughs. I'm over the counter. He steps back, putting his hands up. Calm down, big man. I'm just the best friend. I take another step toward him. Yeah, sure, friend. No way someone could be her friend and not want more. Gay, best friend, he adds. Still don't give a shit. Keep your fucking hands and mouth to yourself. His hands drop and he shakes his head. I think I'm going to like you. Where is she? I push. You really want her, don't you? Like, more than some fuck. He leans back, still casual. Say she's some fuck again. I close the rest of the distance between us. I stare down at Frederick. The guy is at least six feet tall, but I still have inches over him. You might want to cool it some before you go see her. Something is bothering her, and I think it's more than whatever you two have going on. But I didn't push, he tells me. I don't want to hurt her, I admit. No. I've been fucking worried about her little ass and what she might have gotten herself into if she goes around throwing paint at people. No, I think you want to be her Prince Charming, Frederick says, almost dreamily. Prince Charming? The idea seems crazy, but I'll be anything she wants. Doesn't the prince get to lock the princess away in his castle? Now that idea is appealing. My cock jerks at that. Follow the music. He nods toward the long, wide hallway. I hear the sound of music. I reach into my coat pocket, pull out a card, and hand it to him. This has my cell number on it, along with my assistance. Call him. He'll more than take care of your grandmother. Relief washes over his face as he reaches for the card. Just because I'm taking this card doesn't mean... I promise I won't hurt her, I say again, trying to reassure him. There is something about her I... This time he cuts me off. Be good to her. She's had a hard life. I want to question him but my drive to get to her now pushes me toward her instead. I follow the music like he said, and stop in the doorway when I see a bunch of kids running around her, dancing to the beat. She's twirling around, her sunshine hair fanning out everywhere. She stops when she notices me, her eyes locking and her mouth falling open. She's even more beautiful than I remember. Okay, guys. It's about time for me to go. All the kids moan and pout about this. I'll be back for class. Make sure you're signed up. Limited spots. She hugs a few of the kids before walking toward me. Please don't make a scene here. 
She glances over her shoulder at the kids. I can tell she cares for them. I won't make a scene if you come with me. Her eyes fly back to mine. She reaches out, brushing snow off my shoulder. I didn't even know it was there. It's snowing out? Yes. She bites her lip as if debating something. I'm guessing you're not taking me to the cops or you would have just called them. She hedges. No, I'm hungry. How about dinner? I'm not hungry, but I'm guessing telling her I'm taking her home with me isn't the best idea. She didn't like the comment I made about her working off the cost of my suit. I shouldn't have said that. It was dickish. But I wanted her indebted to me in some way. That way I had her within my reach. I can give you your notebook back too. You left it behind. She takes a step closer to me. I steal myself because I don't want to reach out and pull her fully into me yet. I yearn to have her body pressed against me again, but I'm afraid I'll spook her. She's like a skittish rabbit. I have to be careful. You can be charming when you want, can't you? She tilts her head looking up at me. Her hair brushes her shoulder. I want to bury my hands in all that hair. I see a spot of green paint on her neck that she must have missed when she showered. I wonder where else she might have missed on her body. I'd love to find all the spots for her. I'll be anything you want if you come with me, I tell her, throwing my cards down on the table. I need a place to stay. I have dinner with you, and you'll put me up in one of your fancy hotels. Alone. She narrows her eyes at me as she says it. Oh, I'll give her a place to stay for the night. I'll give you that deal, under one condition. I'm not having sex with you. Her cheeks turn pink as she says it. That's not the condition. We will be having sex, but I won't be paying her for it. I reach out for her and pull her to me. Her body is flush against mine, and attention I didn't know I was holding leaves my body when I have her against me again. You'll answer anything I ask you, truthfully. And you'll get me a hotel? I'll get you anything you could ever ask for. She places her hands on my chest, but doesn't push me away. Is that your boyfriend, Charlie? The little girl from before who was dancing with Charlie asks, walking over to us looking between us. No. We both say at the same time, I'm more than her boyfriend. Charlie's eyes flare at that. I expect her to say something to rebuff what I said. You have a deal, she finally says, and I feel myself smile. Chapter 5 Charlie Dimple he even has a freaking dimple. It lends a softness to his hard face, though everything about him seems a little softer at the moment. Maybe he's not so pissed. Still, I don't understand why he's doing what he's doing. Come. He pulls his coat off and throws it over my shoulder, wrapping it around me and pulling me into his side. I need my backpack. 
I nod over toward the bleacher where I left it. He guides us over to it and picks it up. I jerk when I see Mr. Barton in the doorway. My stomach drops. Warren looks down at me, sensing my distress. He already seems to be in tune with me somehow and reads me easily. Change your mind? He asks. I shake my head. You heading out, Charlie? Mr. Barton asks. Warren's hold on me tightens. I didn't know he could pull me into his side any more than he already did, but somehow he manages to. She has dinner plans with me. You are? I don't know how Warren does it, but he isn't asking Mr. Barton a question. He's demanding to know who he is. There is no question that Mr. Barton will give it to him. I'm seeing this man always gets what he wants. I own this place. Warren looks at Mr. Barton like he's bored. Move, you're in the doorway. He tosses back at him. Mr. Barton's face turns red. He's clearly pissed at being dismissed. Listen, you, Warren. What? Barton asks in confusion. Listen, Warren Shade, my name. Recognition flashes on Barton's face. He takes a step back out of the doorway, almost tripping on his own feet, but doesn't say anything else as Warren guides us out of the building. As we pull out, I let myself relax into the seat. I have no idea what I've gotten myself into. All I do know is I'll likely have a safe place to rest my head tonight. After Frederick left me to go work, I couldn't help myself from looking Warren up and finding out more about him. I needed something to keep my mind off Mr. Barton and not having a place to sleep anymore. Not only is he super rich, but he's also a decorated former Marine. There were lists and lists of things he's done for charities and so on. He's even a good son, it looks like. At half the events he went to, his mother was on his arm, or he was alone. Sadly, I was trying to dig into the woman he might have dated. After Frederick had hinted that Warren might be into me, I let curiosity get the best of me. I didn't come up with anything on his dating life. He seems safe from what I read, and something inside me tells me he is. Having been on the streets as long as I have, I've learned to read people, to trust what my gut is telling me. Still, my gut has a feeling Warren might not hurt me physically, but he could emotionally. He has heartbreak written all over him. He could make me feel safe and rip it away from me. I glance over to Warren, who has his eyes on me. My gaze goes to his mouth. Before I know what I'm doing, I'm moving toward him. His hands dig into my hair as our mouths meet. It's almost awkward at first, as I have no idea what I'm doing. But quickly, Warren takes over the kiss. I dig my fingers into the front of his shirt. I moan into his mouth, and everything I'm feeling comes rushing forward. I almost cry out as he pulls his mouth from me. He rests his forehead against mine. The sounds of our heavy breathing fill the car. We aren't alone, he whispers, reminding me of the driver up front. I'd completely forgotten for a moment. 
I don't want anyone seeing you like this. I wonder what that means. Do I look different right now? When I looked over at him and saw him watching me, that hold he has on me took over and I had to kiss him. He gives me another soft kiss before letting me go. I lean back in my seat, licking my lips, still tasting him there. His hand goes back to my thigh in a possessive hold. Why do you want to have dinner with me if I'm telling you I won't have sex with you? I ask. I keep looking forward, not trusting myself to look at him again. I might crawl in his lap this time. There is something about you. He puts his finger under my chin, making me turn my head to look over at him. Some pull. He studies my face as if trying to figure something out. I feel the pull too, I admit. It's like nothing I've ever felt before. This is crazy. I don't do stuff like this, I tell him, feeling a little unsure now. Neither do I. His words calm me. I find myself leaning more into him. His thumb strokes my cheek. Where are you taking me? I don't know why I feel so safe with him, but I do. Home. Your home? I correct him. I don't think I've ever really had a place called home. Not in a long time. A longing hits the center of my chest. I'm not taking you there for sex. He raises his eyebrows. I shouldn't have said what I said about working the suit off. You didn't mean it, I tease him. I would have said anything to get you to come with me, to be honest. But I want more than just sex. He leans forward, our mouths almost touching. We're here, the driver says, pulling us from the moment. I know my face turns a little red having once again forgotten about the driver. Warren pulls me from the car and my eyes widen when I see his massive home. It's just a home. I got it for the view, to be honest. Come, I'll show you. He pulls me with him through the front door, our hands locked together. I gasp when I see huge windows looking out over the mountains. I would love to sit here and paint, I say absently. I wish I could see the sun rise and set here to get a better look at the view. The full moon is only showing so much, less with how heavily the snow is falling. I hope it keeps falling. Maybe I'll get trapped here for a few days. Trapped with this man I know nothing about, but want to know everything about. You're welcome to any time. He pulls his coat from me, tossing it onto the leather sofa that looks like puffy clouds. Maybe I'll just move in, I joke. Only if you sleep in my bed at night. His response doesn't sound like a joke. You almost sound serious. I am. He turns me in his arms. Why are you in need of a place to stay? Concern shows on his face. I know I told him I would answer anything he asks. I thought you were feeding me. I look up at him through my eyelashes, feeling a little shy. He kisses me on the top of the head before pulling me toward the kitchen. I squeal when he picks me up, 
taking me by surprise and sitting me on the kitchen counter. Talk. He gives me another quick kiss. I try to deepen it. You need to eat, and I think I need to hear this. I let out a sigh like I'm annoyed. But it makes me happy that he wants to feed me and learn more about me. He moves over to the refrigerator, and my eyes follow him. His suit from earlier is gone. Now he's in jeans and a tight black shirt. He doesn't look like a billionaire. No, now he looks like the soldier I read about. He pulls a container out and starts putting it on a plate. You cook? I ask. Yes, it relaxes me. Painting does that for me, too. I suck at cooking. Well, at least I think I do. I never really had much of a kitchen to try things out with. I know other things that could get you to relax. He puts the dish in the microwave. I roll my eyes, though a tingle hits me between the legs, making me wriggle. He gives me a cocky smile like he knows what he just did to my body. Out with it. He leans up against the counter across from me, his arms crossed over his massive chest. I look down at my hands in my lap. I'm homeless, I finally admit. The room is quiet for so long that I finally look up. My eyes meet his. Not anymore. You don't even know me. I shake my head. I don't even know you. I yell the last part. It closes the distance between us. You're mine now. Have been from the moment I almost tripped over you. Knew in that moment I was going to protect you. Who's going to protect me from you? The words are out of my mouth before I realize what I've said. This man is offering me way too much. A fairy tale that I could wake up from. No one needs to protect you from me. His hands go on either side of the counter, caging me in. He leans down, his face level with mine, our eyes locking. I dare someone to stand between me and you. I dare them too. It's clear he found me easily. This is a man who gets what he wants, and I can tell that he wants me. It's written in every action he makes. It has to be more than sex. I don't belong in your world. You belong to me, so that makes you in my world. He throws back with a growl in his voice. The sound makes goosebumps break out on my skin. We'll get to know each other over time. But you belong here, with me. He says his words with so much certainty. Something deep inside me relaxes. The microwave dings and he cradles my face in his big hands. You belong. He whispers against my lips before he takes them in a deep kiss that ends all too soon. He strides over to the microwave and pulls the dish out. He grabs a fork and sets the plate on the counter next to me. I grew up in this world. I never felt like I belonged, so I left. He brings the fork to my mouth. I take a bite. The taste of chicken with a cream sauce fills my mouth. I moan around it. It's so 
freaking good. I can't remember the last time I ate something this good, if ever. Warren stills at the sounds, and I watch hunger and desire take over his face. His jaw clenches, and his blue eyes seem to get even darker than they already are. He takes a deep breath. I swallow the food. When you went into the Marines? He nods, giving me another bite of food. I liked being in the Special Forces, but I once again didn't feel like I completely belonged. Something was missing. I didn't know what it was. He says it like he's just now realizing it. When I came back after my father died, I buried myself in work. He shrugs. It's all I know anymore. But today, when I ran into you, I felt like I had a purpose I actually wanted to work for. You. You were where I belong. I like the idea of belonging somewhere. I have never belonged anywhere. He looks almost pained as I say that. No, tell me why you're homeless, sweet girl. At his softness, everything comes pouring out of me. About going from foster home to foster home after the state took me from my mother when I was 10. I haven't seen her since then. Not that I wanted to. She wasn't a good mother. If you can even call her that. She was never around. Then aging out onto the streets, jumping from shelter to shelter until I ended up at the community center. When I tell him about Mr. Barton, a look of rage like nothing I've ever seen crosses his face. I love the community center. The kids there. I'll take care of it. He leans more into my hand. Thank you for telling me. He turns his face, kissing my palm. Told you I would answer anything you asked me. Do you want to stay here tonight? Yes, I say instantly. I think I'd stay anywhere he is. Chapter 6 Warren I closed my eyes for a moment to soak in her sweet words. I gave her the option, but I don't think I would have let her leave if she asked. She doesn't feel like she belongs anywhere. I'm going to show her how wrong she is. My little spitfire has so much passion and sweetness mixed together. When she talked about the community center and the kids, I knew she was a survivor. When I was in the Marines, I might have been fighting a war, but she was fighting one of her very own. She wouldn't be fighting any longer. I'll always take care of her. I take what I want, I warn her. And you want me? Like nothing I've ever wanted in my life. More than my next breath, there is nothing that could pull her from me right now. She wraps her legs around me, giving me more of her body. I've never done this before. Been in a relationship? Me either. Never had the time or desire, I admit. I've had a few boyfriends. My hands tighten on her hips. She let out a little laugh at my jealousy. 
don't act like you're a virgin. One shouldn't presume, Charlie. I've never had a relationship before. I let her know. This isn't some high school boyfriend-girlfriend bullshit. She belongs to me now. Forever. She'll never be free of me. I meant had sex. Her cheeks turn a soft pink. That makes two of us. I pull her toward me by her hips. A primal need rushes back to me, like I had earlier today when she ran from me. She lets out a little moan as she shifts her hips, rubbing her pussy against my hard cock that is now painful after her confession. Tell me you want this. I fight myself from moving. I need her words. She tilts her head to the side, giving me a small smile. Her blonde ringlets fall off her bare shoulder. It's been driving me crazy all night. I want my mouth there, to leave little marks to show it belongs to me. I want whatever this is. I pick her up. I'll make this everything you could ever want if you let me. Before she can respond, I take her mouth in a deep kiss and move us through the house. I look down at her while she's laid out on my bed, her blonde curls falling all around her. She looks like an angel, but I know she has fire inside her. You're so big. She runs her hands up my chest. Desire sparks in her eyes as she squeezes her legs around me. Her words calm me, reminding me once again how big our size difference is and how I need to handle her with care. The last thing I want is to send her running because God knows what would happen if I had to chase her down again. I'd likely lose it this time. I stroke her cheek. I'll go slow. I'll always take care of you. I trail kisses and small bites up and down her neck until our mouths meet once again for a deep kiss, giving her a taste of what is about to come. I pull my mouth from hers, and with a tug I rip her shirt down the center, exposing her breasts to me. Next I go for her pants and panties, tossing them away, leaving her on display for me, all laid out for my taking. I don't know how I got so lucky to have her, but I'm keeping her. She is my little charm. She lets out a small gasp, clearly shocked by my fast movements. I should try and go a little slower, but I've been picturing her laid out for me like this since I stumbled over her. Now she's all mine for the taking. Before she can react more, I'm on her spreading her legs wide to fit my broad shoulders. My mouth covers her pussy. Her hands go to my head, gripping my hair. I know she is already on edge. Her legs shake as she moans my name over and over again, coming from only a few licks. She might be a virgin, but her body responds to the barest of touches, showing us both just how much she belongs to me. I don't stop. I want more of her sweetness coating my mouth. 
I want her body pulsing with pleasure. I eat her a little more, pushing her towards another orgasm, sucking on her clit until she gives it to me. I stand and rip at my clothes, getting them off as fast as possible. She lies sprawled out in the center of her bed, her thighs wide, wetness glistening there. She lifts her hips a little and I know she wants more. I move between her legs. My cock is leaking cum already, begging for release. I had to fight back coming when I was eating her sweetness. I press my cock to her tiny opening, holding the tip there, waiting to get myself a little more under control. I take a deep breath, and the cum leaking from my cock smears on her virginal little opening. I press inside her, only a little. Warren. She wriggles under me, trying to take more. I know what you need. Let me get you ready. Take care of you. I jack my cock a little more. Cum leaks out. I coat her with it as I gently thrust back and forth, getting her small body ready to take me. As much as I want to thrust home and feel her wrapped around me, I want her pleasure more. I want to show her she will always come first to me. She starts to move her hips with me. Her pussy clenches the end of my cock. She lets out a moan and it's my undoing as my balls pull tight. With only the head of my cock inside her, I come, releasing a load and knowing it's going to be the first of many tonight. Going to fill you up tonight, little one. I grit out as cum fills her tightness. By the time I'm done, there is no way she's not going to be pregnant. I grunt as the rest of my cum spills inside her, but my cock doesn't go down. He wants all over her pussy. I know he won't stop until he gets it. I can still taste her sweetness on my lips, and I slowly work myself inside her, feeling the easy slide thanks to her cum and mine. She doesn't flinch much when I break through her hymen. Before the night is over, we will both know where we belong, I whisper as I place my forehead to hers. I slowly start to thrust. She's so tight. It's taking everything in me to not come already. She's so wet and she moans for more, begging me to go faster. Not yet, I say through gritted teeth. I don't want to hurt her. I want us coming together this time. I reach between us, rubbing her little hard clit with my thumb. Her pussy clamps down on me. I let out a harsh breath as I start to come all over again. My little spitfire got what she wanted. More of my cum inside her. I keep stroking her, sending her over the edge with me. Her legs lock around me as pleasure spills from her lips. Her pussy tightens even more around my cock, sucking my cum deeper inside her. I kiss her lazily, keeping myself inside of her and wanting to make sure none of my cum leaks out of her. I need it to stay deep inside her. I pull back and kiss her everywhere, 
not wanting my mouth to leave her body. More, she demands, her hips rocking all over again. You want more, my little spitfire? I grunt, rolling us, my cock still deep inside her tightness. You can have anything you want. I'll always give it to you. Her hands land on my chest, her fingers digging into me. Her blonde curls fall everywhere around her, like a wild waterfall. God, she looks fucking perfect sitting atop of me, my cock deep inside her. I grab her hips in a possessive hold as I start to show her how to move. She licks her lips before she starts to move on her own, taking what she wants, her nails digging into my chest. I watch her go up and down my cock, her pussy dripping with cum as she moans my name, making me feel like a fucking king. That's right. Take what you want. I'm all yours to have. Only yours. I belong to you alone. I say through clenched teeth as I rock her back and forth on my cock. I tighten my grip on her hips as she bounces up and down on my cock. I can see the trace of her virginity on her thighs. I have to pull my eyes from between her legs to keep myself from coming all over again. I won't come until she does. Our eyes lock. Warren, she moans. More. At her greedy demand, I release her hips and bring my thumb to her clit. I'll give you more. I stroke her as I start to meet her thrusts, pushing myself into her as deep as I can go. She starts to come as I bottom out inside her, and I feel the cum I left inside her start to leak out even more. I flood her pussy with more. Even after she falls limp against me, her head resting on my chest, I keep moving, stroking my cock with her pussy and getting every drop of my cum into her, marking her, claiming her as mine. Should I move? She mumbles sleepily. I kiss the top of her head and tighten my arms around her. No, I'm not done with you yet. You're staying right where you are, where you belong. I run my nose along the top of her head, breathing her in. I'm not sure I'll be able to fall asleep. I feel like I'm in heaven, and I'm scared that if I close my eyes for even a moment, she might disappear. That I'll wake up and she'll be gone, and this was all a dream. Because she is too good to be true. She has woken me up from the fog I've been living in, and I don't want to go back to that place. I need to stay here with her. Forever. Good. She breathes and runs her fingers through the hairs on my chest. She turns her head a little, placing a kiss on my chest, marking me, too. Chapter 7 Charlie I roll over with a moan, my body still feeling the pleasure from the night before. Maybe not night. At one point, I saw the sun start to stream in through the window when we were making love early into the morning. I reach for Warren, but come up with nothing. 
My eyes flutter open. I sit up, wondering where he is. I don't have to work today, but I planned to spend most of the day in bed with Warren. I glance around and almost laugh at the sight of our clothes everywhere. It's crazy how I went from never knowing this man existed to him suddenly being my world. I feel safe. He was right. I think I never felt like I belonged anywhere either because I was looking for him. I think from the start of my life, he's always been my destiny. Why else had my paintings been pulling me to his building? I'm not going to question it. Warren is one of the best things to ever happen to me, and I'm holding on. I slip to the side of the bed and find the shirt he was wearing last night lying on the floor. I slip it over my head before making my way to find him. I pause in the living room when I see all my stuff sitting there. It's everything that I had at the center down in the basement. All my possessions are there. I knew he said he would handle everything, but I didn't think he'd do it this fast. I still have to face Mr. Barton. I don't want to stop working in the center. I love the kids who come there. I just hated Mr. Barton. And now I'm worried that maybe he has made passes at other girls. A lot of the kids at the center come there to hang out while their parents are busy working. It keeps them off the streets and gives them something productive to do. I'm not sure how to even go about looking into that or what to do. He owns the place. I know he gets a lot of tax write-offs and money from the city as well. If he got in trouble, would the community center shut down? I shake my head. I might not know everything about Warren, but something deep inside me knows he will do as he said and make sure this is all handled. I just have to trust. That's new for me. I debate changing into something of my own, but decide to stay in Warren's shirt. It hits almost to my knees and smells of him. I turn when I hear a door slowly open. I follow the sounds, thinking it's Warren. Someone grabs me, pushing me up against a wall. Before I can scream, a hand covers my mouth. I stare up into Mr. Barton's eyes. One is almost swollen all the way shut. There are a few other bruises on his face. It looks like someone beat the shit out of him. Oh, I wasn't good enough. Needed someone with a little more cash to spread those thighs, he whispers angrily at me. I stand unmoving. Why is he here? I've lost everything over your fucking ass. He leans in more. I can feel his breath on my face. It shocks me into action. I bring my knee up, nailing him right in the balls. He screams and falls backward. I spot Warren running toward us down the hall, a look of rage on his face. He lifts Barton and throws him into the wall. He winds his hand around his neck as he holds him a few feet off the ground. I can see Warren's knuckles are red and angry. I now know where Barton got the bruises. One beating wasn't enough? Warren yells so loud in his face that I jump. Barton struggles in his hold, but Warren isn't letting him go. You came to our house, touched my woman. Our house? A smile pulls at my lips. 
I almost want to laugh that that's what drew my attention most. I like the idea of us living together, not just me staying here. Warren looks over at me. If you don't let him go, I'm going to be living here alone, I tell him, trying to get some of his anger to cool. Fuck. He looks back at Barton and punches him square in the face. I cringe at the sound of bone crunching. Barton slumps against the wall. Warren hauls him from the floor, walks over to the front door, opens it, and tosses him out like he's nothing more than a rag doll before picking up a phone sitting on the table by the front door. There's trash to clean up on the front porch. He pauses for a moment. Yeah, it's him. Take him to the police station. They're looking for him. He drops the phone back on the table. Before I can even say anything, he's on me, lifting me up and sitting me on the table, sliding himself between my legs. I place my hands on his bare chest. I run my fingers across a few scratches he has there. Last night flashes through my mind. I was on top of him, digging my nails into him. I love that I marked him in some way. God knows I'm covered in his marks everywhere. Not that I'm complaining. I like the idea of belonging to him. Warren grunts. You still need more? I watch anger leave his face, softness taking over. You've done this to me, I tease. Turned me into a sex addict. He chuckles. Don't worry, I'll make sure you get what you need. Even if it means I have to quit my job so I can keep my head between those lush thighs of yours. I smile up at him. Are they going to close the center? I heard him say the police are looking for Barton. I'm guessing Warren found something on him. Not shocking. No. As long as you want it there, it stays. You'd do that for me? Soon, you'll never ask that question. You'll just know, without even a trace of doubt. Thank you. This is all... I trail off, not having words for what all this is. This is love. He finishes for me. My breath catches. You love me? He smiles, giving me those dimples. I don't want to scare you, but I think this might be more. I might be obsessed, a little crazy. He leans down to make sure our eyes are on each other. I wrap my arms around his neck and run my fingers into his hair. I love you, too. I place a kiss on his lips. I want to be crazy obsessed with you. That's good, because I'm not letting you go. He gives me a kiss this time. I'm also tightening security around here. That fucker should have never gotten in here. I must have left the gate open when I got back and forgot to lock the door. I just wanted to get back to you as soon as possible. Regret shows on his face. I'm sorry. Nothing to be sorry for. I never have to see that man again, and the center is going to stay open. I should be thanking you. Just don't ever nail me in my balls like you did him. He lets out a small laugh. You can be a little spitfire, you know that? You like it, I toss back at him. I do. Still don't like you nailing men in the balls. 
Only balls you ever touch in any way are mine. A sparkle of jealousy flares in his eyes. That's so? I'm finding I'm possessive when it comes to you. I won't share. Me either. Trust me, love. I only want you taking my balls. They are all yours. I push his chest gently and he steps back. I slide off the table and drop to my knees in front of him. I give him a sassy smile, relishing the fact that his control is about to snap over me. I have no idea how I got so lucky, but I know I'm where I belong. This has been Charmed by Alexa Riley, read for you by Kit Swan and Jack Taywood. Welcome back. Welcome back, lady listeners. Thank you so much for listening to Charmed and hanging out with us this week. That's it. That's the whole one. So we are going to see you back here next week. We have Emma Bray has brought us a book. I love Emma Bray. She's like cotton candy for me. I know. She is so sweet. Her books hit every time. She's brought us um, an audio book called Stalked by the Irishman. Irishman. So I can't wait. It's going to be perfect. Like it's going to be a great week. I love that about Emma Bray. You know exactly what you're going to get when you read her books. It's going to be fantastic. I concur. Yeah. All right. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make say your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.